our in our church. Amen. We do have a number of people. Uh, there's still a few people that are battling sickness tonight. Uh, we want to pray for them and keep those in our prayers that are not here. Amen. Um, and we're going to go forward as a church. We're just going to simply just keep plowing forward, and we're going to see God give us great uh, progress and great grace and great uh, revival. Amen. The church of the living God is going to continue to go forward. Amen. And I want to be a part of what God is doing. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, amen, we're going to just go to the word of the Lord in Judges chapter 11. And if you'd stand with us for the reading of the word of the Lord. Judges chapter number 11. And we're going to read a few verses of scripture, starting with verse number 4. Amen. Judges chapter 11 and verse number 4. And it says, And it came to pass in process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tub. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, uh, Did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when ye are in distress? And from there we're going to jump over to verse 27 of the same chapter. Verse 27. And a few verses of scripture here as we conclude this chapter. Wherefore I have not sinned against thee, but thou doest me wrong to war against me. The Lord, the judge, be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. This is Jephthah. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearken not unto the words of Jephthah, which he sent unto him, which he sent him. And 29 says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead, and Manasseh and passed over Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. He faced an uncertain future, uh, insurmountable obstacles with the army of Ammon. The people of Ammon were a great army. And verse 30, amen, Jephthah realizing the seriousness of what was about to go down, what was about to take place. Verse number 30, Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon unto my hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return, in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's. And I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Amen. Jephthah makes a vow, a commitment to the Lord that God, if you'll give me victory over the people of Ammon, then when I return home in victory, in peace, whatever comes forth from my house to meet me, I'm going to sacrifice it to God. I'm going to give it to you no matter what it is. And verse 32 so Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them. And the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from Aor, even till thou come to Mineth, even twenty cities. 
and unto the plain of the vineyards with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. Amen. That's a great, great victory that Jephthah won that day because of his vow, his commitment to the Lord. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house. Amen. Now we get to the part, amen, where Jephthah is going to realize the cost of his commitment. Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house and behold his daughter. Everybody say his daughter. His daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances. And she was his only child. Beside her he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes. And he said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low. And thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which thou, which hath proceeded out of thy mouth. For as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. Amen. Why don't we set our Bibles aside? Let's ask the Lord to talk to us here tonight. God, we thank you for your word that is ever-living, God, that it is yet today unadulterated, God. It has not been changed. God, I thank you today for the word of the Lord that is still a double-edged sword, God. It pierces, God, asunder the souls of men today, God. I am praying, Lord, that you would anoint my lips of clay, God. Anoint the congregation of the Lord here tonight, God. God, that we could receive and we could apply the word of the Lord into our lives, God. I pray, move us forward as a church in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. We're going to continue to move on, but we'll jump back to the story that we read in the book of Judges. Luke chapter 14 and 28 says, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Amen. The words of Jesus. Amen. When you set out to do something great, amen, it's uh, the responsibility is upon yourself to count the cost. Amen. Jack, if you're going to build a big, beautiful building full of Legos first, you got to count the number of Legos. Do I got enough to build this cool building that I want to do? Amen. If we're going to if we're going to do something great in the eyes of God for the kingdom of God, we've got to first count the cost. We've got to first make sure. Do I have what it takes? Am I, am I willing to expend the energy that's necessary to build something great? For the kingdom of God. If I'm going to accomplish something in life. If perhaps you set out to become the president of the United States. And you decide I'm going to run for office. You've got to count the cost first. There's a, there's a buy-in. You've got to pay a certain amount of money. You've got to raise some money. You've got to get in contact with some donors. You've got to make sure you've got the funds that it takes to see you to the finish line. Amen. Now, whatever you set out to do in this life it is going to cost you, amen, something. It is going to cost you. You've got to make sure I am willing to pay whatever the cost may be. If it's seeing my family be saved, amen, then it's going to cost you something, amen, being faithful to the house of God, 
teaching your children, amen, to when they make, when they get their first job to pay their tithe. Teaching your children, amen, when you when you go to bed at night, amen, you should kneel down by your bed and you should have a, a talk with God, amen. Teaching your family, amen, the things of God are the most important things in all of life, amen. When, you're, when your children, amen, begin to get involved in school, you begin to teach them, amen. The most important thing is going to be the church, it's going to be living for God, amen. My parents taught me a long time ago when I got involved in school, they said if you've got a basketball game that happens on a church night, you're going to miss basketball so you can be in church. Because I had a mom and dad that was trying to get me to heaven. They're trying to help me to realize what's most important. And there was a commitment that was involved on my part. And if I wanted to make, amen, if I wanted to make heaven my home, I knew it was going to make, it was going to cost me something. It was going to take a commitment on my part. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God wants to talk to us tonight. Amen. God wants to move in our church. Amen. We preach and we believe and we act. Amen. Like we want God to give us revival. And if we really want God to give us revival, it's going to cost us something. Amen. In this 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's going to cost you a couple of meals. Amen. That in the grand scheme of things are not going to matter much if you miss out on a few slices of pizza. Amen. If you miss out on a few Diet Cokes, whatever it may be, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to hurt you that much. Amen. But it's a small price to pay. Amen. For a great reward that God has in store. Hallelujah. And one day, amen, in the, in the, within the perimeters of the city limits of this area, amen, a church will be erected for the glory of God. And it will have on its on the outward sign that says Abundant Life Center. And people will look and say, I wonder, amen, who is involved in building that great church. Amen. And the testimony will be, amen, God used the people, amen, that were committed to having revival. Amen. God used the people that were committed, amen, to seeing something great happen in their city. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's going to cost us something. And I, for one, am willing to pay the price, whatever it would cost. Amen. What we desire to see God do will cost us something. It takes commitment. It takes commitment. Being committed to God requires more than just token lip service. It's more than just saying I'm committed. But your life has to show it. Amen. There's many today that are giving lip service. I'm not talking about our church, but I'm talking about throughout the world. There's many today that say I'm a Christian. I'm a born again believer. But their lives is void of commitment of any real valuable commitment to the things of God. But I believe that in this church today that there is a people Amen. That it has, amen, for you and for me, it's more than just lip service. But truly in our heart of hearts, we desire to see God pour His Spirit out. Amen. It's more than just lip service for me and for my family, for you and for your families. Amen. It is commitment. Amen. It will cost us something. And as I mentioned a moment ago, yet when we compare the reward with the demands, the cost is extremely cheap. And the title of my message tonight is The Cost and the Reward of Commitment. The Cost and the Reward of Commitment. Amen. It does not come free. 
Amen. It is free, but it's not cheap, as one person said. Amen. It will cost you. Amen. Commitment is the act of committing. It is, uh, as Webster gives a little bit of a connotation to commitment, it begins to paint the picture of what commitment means. Uh, he uses an interesting uh, definition. As he calls it a sending to prison. Commitment, the act of committing, a sending to prison, a putting into prison, imprisonment. Amen. It is equivalent to putting into prison. Amen. You say within your mind, what does that mean? I didn't really hear. I've never heard that before, before going through uh, studying about this subject of commitment today, that it has to connotations with imprisonment and the implications and what that means for our lives is when we are committed to something. Amen. When we are committed to living for God, when we are committed, amen, to doing something great for God, when we're committed to getting to heaven, amen, we literally imprison our own personal will, amen, that God's will would be done. We say, God, I'm committed to you, and so I'm going to imprison my will. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my, my will about, Lord, as a slave. It's not going to dictate to me what I do, God. It's first the kingdom of God. My commitment is to God. And I'm leading myself about as a slave. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is it any wonder that there are connotations to prison when discussing commitment? We lead our will as a prisoner that we might do the will of God. And anybody that has done the will of God, amen, has picked up their cross and carried it on their back and said, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. My flesh says I want to go through this and I want to go through that and I want to pursue selfish interests and selfish desires and self-gratification. Amen. But the cross of commitment says I'm going to put the cross on my back and I'm going to lead my body about as a slave and I'm going to do the will of God that I might see God have His way in my life. Hallelujah. You say, give me scripture for that preacher. Amen. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible Amen. This is making direct reference to the Olympic Games that took place in Greece many years ago and how we know from studying history that the Greek Olympians were, were valiant uh, in their feats, in their, their sports. They were very great in what they did. And they, the, if you study the life of an Olympian, amen, the Olympians for that four or so years up until that race or up until that performance in the Olympics, Amen. They are giving up things. They're pushing aside things. They're pushing aside self-gratification. They're saying, I'm committed. I'm committed to having a gold uh, emblem on my neck as I'm first place. I'm committed to doing whatever it takes. I'm going to not have a girlfriend, a boyfriend. I'm going to not uh, go out late. I'm going to not drink. I'm going to not smoke. I'm just going to be laser focused. I'm going to be committed. I want that gold thing on my neck. I want that medal. Amen. I want to know that I'm number one in the world. Amen. And that the application, the uh, the correlation is made here in 1 Corinthians that they which run in a race run all. And they're doing it to obtain a corruptible crown, a gold medal that's going to collect dust one day in a corner. It's going to be forgotten about. 
If you met an Olympian today, you probably wouldn't recognize him. From 1980, whatever year it was, you'd be like, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, that's cool. Well, let's go to McDonald's. It doesn't really mean that much. It's passing. It's fleeting. But to those that have given themselves to something incorruptible, it's not the case. The writer of 1 Corinthians continues, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. In other words, not shadow boxing, not just, you know, kind of practicing, warming up in the air, uh, hitting a speed bag. Amen. He's not just doing, going through the motions. Amen. Not as one that beateth the air, but it, he, these words are issued from the writer of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. But I keep under my body. I keep under my body. And I bring, and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. And those words that Paul states, I keep under my body. Amen. The word here means, amen, that Paul made use of all possible means to subdue his corrupt and carnal inclinations. To show that he was not under the dominion of evil passions, but was wholly under the dominion of the gospel. Amen. I keep under my body. Another translation says I bruise my body. Amen. I tell my body you're not going to do this and you're not going to do that. But on the contrary, you're going to do what you don't want to do, body. I'm going to bruise my body. And the, and the word continues and bring it into subjection. And this begins to give us a little bit more clarification what it means to bring it under subjection. This word properly means to reduce uh, one's body to servitude or to slavery and probably was usually applied to the act of subduing an enemy and leading him captive from the field of battle as the captives in war were regarded as slaves. Amen. The apostle Paul was saying, I bruise my body and I drag it about as a slave. Amen. I am committed. Amen. I, therefore, I'm imprisoning my own will that I might do the will of my father, that I might do the will of him who sent me, that I might have a great revival that this world has never seen. I've got to get apart. I've got to get involved in 21 days of prayer and fasting. I've got to pick up some one of days and I've got to say, devil, you're not going to get the victory over my life. Flesh, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to bruise my body and I'm going to take it about as a slave. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, somebody, amen, it's time, amen, that you begin to tell your flesh. Flesh, you're going to pray. Flesh, you're going to fast. Flesh, you're going to get up early. You're going to seek the face of God. I am committed. I'm committed. I'm committed. Oh, let's worship Him right now. Let's give Him praise. Come on, let's lift our voices in this place on a Wednesday night. Come on, you've been doing your thing all day long. That work coming here and there. Amen. For a few moments, could you lift up your voice? And could you worship Him? Right now, begin to tell your flesh. Flesh, you're going to worship God. Flesh, you're going to praise God. No matter what you feel like, come on, come on in Jesus' name. Worthy God, worthy God, worthy God. Worthy Lord, worthy Lord, worthy Lord. 
Hallelujah. When was the last time, amen, you told your flesh you're going to pray? You're going to get up from this bed of slumber and you're going to get up and you're going to pray. Flesh, you're going to push aside this meal and you're going to make your way to your knees and you're going to pray. You're going to seek the face of God. Hallelujah. It's time that the church, amen, begin to be the church and begin to take its flesh under control and begin to say, flesh, you're not going to dictate to me how I live and you're not going to determine my victories when I get victory and when I'm defeated. I'm going to tell you, flesh, amen, it's time to live for God. It's time to give all to Him. It's time to get involved in an area of ministry and to stretch myself and to get out of my comfort zone and allow God to use me for His glory and honor. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Bringing it into subjection, it then means effectually and totally to subdue, to conquer, to reduce to bondage and subjection. Amen. The flesh, amen, that we struggle with on a daily basis. Paul means by this phrase, the purpose to obtain a complete victory over his corrupt passions and propensities. Amen. It's, uh, amen. The responsibility is upon us. Amen. You've got to defeat your own devils. Amen, Brother Terrence. You've got to fight your own battles. Amen, Brother Nathan. There's battles that you've got to fight. You've got to just win them for yourself. You've got to say, flesh, no. You're, I'm not sick and tired of flesh telling me what to do. I'm sick and tired of falling here and stumbling there. Flesh, you're going to get on your face and you're going to pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And that is how we'll have revival. We'll have victory. And we'll see God perform His greatest work in our lives. Amen. I'm going to tell you today that the cost, amen, of commitment involves loving our family less than our God. That may catch some of you by surprise, but it's still the will of God. Amen. The Bible says, uh, there's a scripture in the word of God. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Studying that word hate does not mean that I hate my father. I hate you. God will punish me for that. But what it means in the, the translation is to love less than. You should not love your family more than you love your God. Your God should come first. Amen. Too many people say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I can't make it to this or I can't uh, make that commitment because I got a family obligation. God still comes first. I know that's hard preaching in 2018, amen, but God still comes first. Amen. You've got to love Him more than you love your father, more than you love your mother, amen, more than you love your brother and sister. You've got to love Him more, amen, because no matter what happens in my world, if my wife, amen, God bless her, I love her, she's going to bless her, and she walks away from God, I'm still going to live for God because I love Him too much. I love him too much. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody, you, you got to get that in your soul right now. Amen. No matter who comes or who goes, 
Amen. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm making a commitment. I'm going to love him. It's going to cost you some things. It may cost you some relationship in this world. It may cost you some relationships. I've had to make the choice from one of of my friends to push away. Sorry, we can't talk all the time no more. You're not living for God. You're constantly encouraging me to do things I shouldn't do and are sinful. And because I love God more than I love our friendship, I'm going to let our friendship go. That I might be right with him. Hallelujah. There's, there's going to be friendships. Amen. You young people, you're going to have to walk away from the life. Because he comes first. God comes first. There's times, amen, my, my parents said, hey, you can't go over there no more. They're going to rob you of your relationship with God. Commitment costs you something, folks. It will cost you something. You'll have to walk away from some relationships in life. Amen. Satan, our enemy, strategically places in our path snares and temptations and obstacles to defeat us and to test our commitment. He knows how to get his way. He knows how to what buttons to push. He'll use that thing you pray for. Perhaps you've been praying that God would bless you with a good job. Been saying, God, I want a good job. And God, or so you think God, gives you a job and causes you to miss church. It's going to cost you something. It's commitment and it costs you something. But the rewards of being committed to God far outweigh the cost. Amen. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly, fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Amen. There's things that are going to come against you to test your commitment. Praying, God save my family. God save my children. And suddenly your children want to get together on a Sunday morning. Blind devil. You're praying, God save my dad. Suddenly dad calls you. I'm in town. Sunday morning, let's get breakfast. Wow. What's most important? That, that answer to prayer, if it's an answer to prayer, God's going to make it happen. But it's going to tell He's going to test your commitment. Is He the most important thing in life? I remember many times as we were growing up, my parents were pastors. There were many times I remember a new family would come or determined they were going to come to church on a Sunday morning or Thursday night. I think we had church on Thursday nights back then. <clears throat> and I remember one particular occasion, a, a friend of my mother's, she was going to come, I think she was going to get baptized, I forget exactly what the details were. And out of nowhere, family shows up from Boston or somewhere crazy on church night, supposed to get baptized. Says, I can't make it to church tonight. I got family here from out of town. Well, you were supposed to get baptized. I know, but I got family here. History would, as we watch history unfold, and that story unfold, that was her last time, or one of her last times, to get right with God, to give her heart to God. 
She skipped out on church. And it was just a short time later that she passed away. But the, te- the test of her commitment was there. Are you willing to pay a price? All it's going to cost is just some upset family members for a few hours. If they're upset about that, then they don't really have your best interest in mind. That's right. But I remember that story. How it was Gail. She said, I can't make it. I got family in from out of town. And that was her last time. Commitment. Her commitment was tested. It was tested. The enemy threw a monkey wrench in her path and tripped her up and caused her to miss out on the plans that God had for her life. David, let us, as David said, let us, uh, in 2 Samuel 24 and 24, the psalmist David, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. David, the psalmist David said, I'm not going to accept this complimentary uh, materials for sacrifice from, I forget the individual's name. It's in 2 Samuel 24. He said, I'm not going to accept that which cost me nothing. My commitment to God has got to cost me. And if it's not costing you, then it's really not commitment. There's going to be some things that test your commitment. Well, it's raining. I shouldn't get out there and drive and go to church. That's, that's weak. I got family. I, I just, I just, you know, I just don't feel so good. I'm under the weather. I'm committed. I'm going to make it. Whatever it costs, whatever it takes. Continuing on, Psalms chapter 37 and verse number 5. Is the scripture that I've heard many times as it relates to commitment. And it says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. I'm preaching about the cost and the reward of commitment tonight. Amen. This church, if we're going to have revival and we are going to have revival, we're going to see God do great things. It's going to cost us something. It's going to take commitment on every one of our parts. Amen. I'm committed to being faithful. I'm committed to doing what, what I need to do. Psalms 37 and 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. He shall bring it to pass. Amen. Commentators uh, describing that scripture, giving us a little bit more clear understanding, uh, refer to that committing your way unto the Lord as a casting away of anxiety. Resigning your will. Resigning your will. Submitting your judgment. And leaving it all with the God of heaven. Again, it's that will that you lead as a slave. You're going to follow the direction. You're going to follow the voice of God. You're going to do the will of God. I'm not going to allow my flesh to dictate. I'm going to resign my own will. That's why in the garden he said what? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That was the ultimate a display of commitment. When Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane recognized this is going to hurt, Brother Terrence. I'm going to bear some thorns on my head. I'm going to, I'm going to have some 39 stripes on my back. I'm going to be, I'm going to be gouged in my side. It's going to, people are going to rip 
my beard out. They're going to slap me. They're going to spit on me. I'm going to be naked. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I'm committed, God, to doing your will. I'm committed, God, whatever it costs. And the idea of Psalms 37 and 5 of committing your way unto the Lord, the idea is that of a rolling a heavy burden from ourselves onto another. And when we are committed unto the Lord, amen, we are putting the responsibility upon God. We're saying, all right, God, I'm committing my way unto you, God. I'm neglecting this so that I might serve you, God, that I might be committed to you, God. And now I'm entrusting you to take care of the things that I've let go of. Take care of all the other things in my life. Take care of all the other things in my world. Take care of the family that I've got to walk away from. Take care of the friendships I've got to walk away from. I'm putting my trust in you. I'm rolling my burden on you, God, that you might take care of me. I'm laying it upon you that you might bear it. And the burden which we have not have the strength to bear, we lay it upon the Lord. And the reference in this scripture here is that the whole course of life or all that can affect life, all of our plans and our conduct, all the issues or results of those plans, we put it in his hands. We cast our cares, our anxiety upon Him. We commit our ways to Him. God, I'm not going to worry about the other things in my world. I'm going to commit myself to You. And I'm going to trust You, God, to work work out the details in my life. Amen. I am committed. I am committed. Somebody say that with me. I am committed. I am committed to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. In what areas of my life am I committed? And should the church be committed? We should be committed to being faithful to the house of God. Amen. Let 2018 be a record year for your attendance. You say, I'm committed. It's going to be the rare exception when I miss church. It's going to be the rare exception when I stop praying on a regular basis. I'm going to be committed to being faithful to church. In 2018, I'm going to be committed to being faithful to prayer. I'm going to be committed to a prayer life. I'm going to pray, amen, uh, Maddie, when mom and dad's not around. I'm going to pray. I'm going to find my way to prayer. I think I was actually Maddie's age, not to embarrass her, but I think I was Maddie's age when I remember sharing a bunk bed with my brother. In, in, in the room there at my parents' house. And I remember uh, my brother Jeremiah praying. Every, every night, every night before bed, he'd pray. And I thought, man, what's this guy doing? Is he like praying every night? Like, it's crazy. And, and I think I was about Maddie's age, and I began to say, you know what, I'm going to try praying like my brother Jerry. And it was at that moment of my life that I said, I'm going to have my own walk with God. I'm going to commit my ways to the Lord. And as young as Maddie in the church, I began to pray, have a walk with God. And I began to commit my life to God. And my prayers when I was there, there at that young age was, God, use my life. Take my life. Let me be a vessel. Let me be used by you. God, help me to have a relationship with you, God. I want to know you, God. I, I want to be your friend, God. I want what you have for my life. Use me, Jesus. And my prayer hasn't changed much. It's still, God, use me. Let me know you more. I want a relationship with you like I've never had before. 
and I make that commitment. Amen. To prayer. Amen. We got to make a commitment to reading our Bibles. Amen. We sh- it should not be that Sister Gina comes here after church on Sunday morning and finds your Bible in your pew. Pastor Katarina, Brother Paul left his Bible with you. I'm just teasing. We should be faithful to our Bible reading. We should be committed to our reading, reading our Bible. We should be committed to being faithful with our tithes and offerings. Is where it gets quiet. Amen. But not here. Amen. We need to be committed to being faithful with our tithe and offering. God will outgive you every time. He'll outgive you every time. He will do it time and time again. I'm watching God do it right now. Amen. In people's lives in our church, God is outdoing you every time. He's outdoing you. You think, I'm going to, man, this is a lot. No. You haven't begun to give. God's going to bless you. That's going to be pocket change. God will provide. God will make a way. But if you stay committed, I'm going to be committed. I know it's going to hurt this month. It might be really tight. But I'm going to get out my wallet. I'm going to get out my checkbook. I'm going to write my time. I'm going to put an offering in there. I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to be committed. God will honor our commitment. Another area that I want to talk about is your area of being committed to an area of ministry in the church. Amen. In the 2018 year, amen, we're beginning to find our places and our roles in the church and where we fit and how we can contribute. And it's going to be an area of ministry that many of us will be involved in uh, individually or collectively, whatever it would be. But wherever, amen, God puts you in 2018, amen, be determined to make that area of ministry the best that it could possibly be. God, I'm committed, Lord, to this area of ministry, God. If you put me, God, over the youth, if you put me over Sunday school, God, I'm going to make sure that the youth department is the best it's ever been, God. That the Sunday school department is rocking, it's moving, it's having a good time, and it's having revival. God, I'm going to make sure if it's music, God, if it's it's evangelism, God, whatever it would be, God, I'm committed to doing my part in ministry. And I'm committed to loving my family. I'm committed to seeing my family saved. I'm committed to seeing my family have a walk with God. Amen. I'm committed to seeing that. Amen. We must never allow the flesh or the world or the devil to dupe us into thinking that the price is too great. It's too great of a commitment. Amen. There's many people, you've probably seen them or heard, they come to church and and God touches them and they say, man, I just... It's too great a cost. It's too great of a commitment. Heaven's worth any price, folks. Heaven's worth any price. The price you pay on here on earth doesn't compare to the reward of your commitment when we get to heaven. Don't let family, work, health, finances, boyfriend, girlfriend, or career Get in the way of your commitment to God. Don't let nothing get in the way of your commitment to God. No matter what it is, God, I'm committed. God, I'm not going to allow my finances to tell me I can't go to church. I'm going to make my way to church. I'm not going to let family or work or, or relationships or careers keep me out of doing what I know I need to do, God. 
And if we could stand, amen, as we close here tonight. The book of Galatians, chapter number 5. The book of Galatians, chapter 5, and verse number 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Amen. We've got to make sure that we walk in the Spirit in this 2018 year. That we might do the will of God. That God would help us to be committed to the things that we've set out to do. Amen. Matthew, one final verse of Scripture. Matthew chapter 10, 37 through 39. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And there it is. Talking about hating your father, hating your mother. It's loving more. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. You say, I'm not going to be committed. You're going to lose that thing that you're chasing, you're following. But to those that this final verse says, He that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Those that say, I'm going to commit my ways to the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to commit my whole life to God, my family, my finances, my time, everything. I'm going to commit to God in 2018. Amen. You will see the greatest reward you've ever seen. Because you say, I'm committed. I, I've settled the issue once and for all. I made up my mind. God, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit my ways into the Lord. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands for a few moments and why don't we just worship the Lord? Come on, why don't we talk to the Lord? Amen. As we begin the first service of this year. Come on, I want us to begin to talk to the Lord, to lift up our voices. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in our church in this year, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint each and every one of us here tonight that make that uh, commitment before the Lord. We make that vow to God. Lord, just like Jephthah made the vow to the Lord, there was a reason for it. There was a need for it, God. There was a need for his commitment, God. And today there is a need for the people of God to commit to you, Lord, to doing the will of God. That we might have the greatest revival. That we might see the greatest victory. That we've ever seen before in our families Lord. Hallelujah God I pray Lord. That you would honor the commitment of this faithful group of people tonight Lord. I pray Lord you would honor the commitment of this group of people tonight Lord. God as we step out Lord in faith. And we sow our seeds Lord, in the one of days in people's lives, and we invite people to church, and we testify of your goodness, Lord, as we commit ourselves to praying and fasting, God, would you come through, Lord, would you make a way for us? Oh, come on, let's lift our voices unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Come on, no matter how hard it may be, no matter what 
I'm committed, I'm committed, I'm committed, I'm committed. Hallelujah, there's a cost and there's a reward for your commitment today. God, we worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Use us, Lord, for your glory and honor. Use us today, Lord. God, honor, Lord, the commitment of your people. God, as we lead our will as a prisoner, God, as we lead our body about as a slave to do the will of God, we commit our ways to you, God. We're rolling our burdens upon you, Lord. We're casting our cares upon you, Lord. Yes. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 